0: welcome back to the archie sonic digest if you can remember the last time uh a domino was kicked off and the comic is gonna start seeing some changes but right now today the first issue we got sonic the hedgehog number 226 we're actually celebrating something this time right here right now is the 20th anniversary of sonic the hedgehog
1: wow it's the 20th anniversary Wow, damn, Speed, can you believe it? The 20th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog.
0: Wow, dude.
1: 20th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog, actually pretty good. We had a nice uh, general overview of sort of the the landscape of Sonic at the time, where we were getting a lot of announcements. Obviously, Generations came out. Goated game. Great game. Love it, love it, love it, love it. And I think that the 20th anniversary overall was great. Now, what's interesting is that around this time, we began what it was known as... What I like to call the nostalgia baiting arc where Sega sort of finally listened to what people had been begging for for a really long time, especially after Sonic 4 uh, and brought back classic Sonic. Now, as a result of this, there was a lot of Genesis and earlier inspired material that we're going to get to see moving forward, because Modern Sonic and Classic Sonic become sort of their own independent ventures from this point forward. In the context of the comic, however, we just experienced probably what is one of the most uh, traumatic events in the whole comic's history. And it's only going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you think it gets bad now, uh... Just you wait. <laughs> but we're here today to talk about the Genesis arc. This is an arc that obviously pays homage to the Genesis games, more particularly Sonic 1 and 2. So, with that being said...
0: Sonic the Hedgehog, number 226, Flynn the Writer, and both Patrick Spazatine and Tracy Yardley did the art.
1: The art in these, uh, in these comics is absolutely fantastic. And I guess uh, Archie and Sega basically said, hey top form this is a uh this is a big this is a big anniversary celebration we got to make sure it's on point point.
0: and a little a little behind the curtain talk archie reprinted this arc 226 to 229 is a in a hardcover format and i was trying to look for it online to have his little prop for the show but uh the hardcover costs over a hundred dollars all i could find and it wouldn't have come in time to do the recording anyway so uh can't all be winners you know
1: absolutely it's um it's a little unfortunate but that's okay can't can't all be winners it's all right so we begin everything just sort of fades in almost like a like a flash from the last issue as we uh, sort of faded out from the world of archie we're pulled in to what seems to be green hill zone sonic saying whoa feels like i dozed off for a minute what was i doing again that's right Dudes are missing, as well as a ton of animals, and I'm just the hedgehog to find out what's going on. I don't think everyone decided to migrate on a vacation, as he sees some caterpillars that try to attack him. Now, Speed, I gotta ask you, this is a very weird scenario, because I feel like we're in issue one. <laughs> it almost does
0: kind of feel like we've been reset, almost. Hmm, reset. Let, leave that in the back of your heads, listeners.
1: Yes, it 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 does feel like a bit of a bit of a reset. Sonic moves forward, surrounded by caterpillars, deciding to you know classically spin attack them, jumping on them, freeing a bunch of animals. You know the usual, running through Green Hill Zone as he does, making quips, jokes, laughs, all the usual nonsense.
0: And then when Sonic rides a Neutron through the zone. He decides to take it to their leader, which is Snively, of all people. He's hovering over a capsule, saying he reached his quota for today, as Sonic crashes through the capsule, freeing all the animals inside. And Snively is a little shocked to what he saw. Sonic introduces himself as, I am Sonic the Hedgehog. You the guy behind all this? As Snively says, he is a lowly servant to someone of a grander design.
1: The designs of my brilliant uncle, Dr. Eggman. He will bring order to these wild lands. All greenery will be paved. All filthy animals will power shiny robots. The world will not only work like, but become a well-oiled machine. Wow, what a jerk. (laughs) He's brilliant. Brilliant, I say. No, he's
0: not. (laughs) When he says that... He brings out the wrecking ball from his Eggmobile. The first boss of Sonic One.
1: Yes, I can. I can hear the Sonic One boss music in uh, in my head as uh, Snively brings it out, and then uh, and then moves from side to side as Sonic taunts him. Uh, you know, going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, beating Snively after eight hits, of course. Uh, Snively retreating, uh, not understanding what to do. As Sonic hits the capsule at the end.
0: And when he releases the capsules, not only animals are freed, but there are also three Mobians who turn out to be Sally Acorn, Boomer Walrus, and Antoine Depardieu. So Boomer, okay, that's Rotor. That's his birth name. And Antoine Depardieu. Here's a fun thing, guys. So Depardieu was his name in Sat AM. In the comics, he's called Decollet. Because the comics were based off the original series Bible for M, So a lot of things weren't solidified yet. And Antoine's last name was one of them.
1: Yeah, which is uh, pretty interesting. I can understand them wanting to, uh, you know, in a sort of reset world, wanting to go with those uh, older names. Because, you know, it's, it's supposed to be classified and all that. Sonic introduces himself to everyone. They have a brief meeting. As he's prepared to go off, but Sally insists... That he takes all of them. As my friends and I are trying to get to the source of the problem. We want to stop the madman behind these kidnappings.
0: That's where also Sally says, you know, we could use someone like you. But Sonic says, I, mm, I don't know. You guys might slow me down. But after Sally says, well, we have a direct route to Eggman's Stronghold. Lead the way. So the four begin to make their way through the Marble Zone. Sally says that this is an underground passage directly to Eggman's lair. And Sonic thinks this is the right place. You know, considering that there's a Caterkiller badnik over there. Sally says, oh, wow, you did your research. That's impressive. But Sonic just kind of thinks, you know, it's
1: like, well, the name just kind of came to me. Cute little Easter egg that can be seen in the initial establishing shot of Marble Zone. They're a little Saturn, uh, almost like flying saucers, which is a reference to a beta screenshot of uh, Marble Zone, uh, which had a uh, flying saucers in them. <laughs> because you know, it's it's Ian. He he's a nerd. He knows these things. <laughs> what a dweeb! Point and laugh. <laughs> what what a what a fucking dweeb. We we love you so much.
0: <laughs> so Sonic smashes through the Badniks, and one caterpillar rushes between Sonic and Sally. Boomer grabs it and smashes it, so Antoine just backs up a bit into a cave where it's a little safer, but it's filled with more bad brain badniks, and as a result, he runs out of there screaming. So that's where Sonic smashes through them, and Sally thinks, oh wow, Antoine, good call, we would never have, we would have definitely walked into that ambush, thanks. Antoine's like, ah, yeah, that's a, yeah, I sure meant to do that. Boomer is seen reprogramming a buzz bomber. As he says, it might be cool to have one of these things on our side, but unfortunately we don't have anything to power it, and I don't want to go to Eggman's level. This leads Sally to have a little Mobini come to her. I don't know how to describe this. The only way I could phrase it is that she Disney princesses it
1: and sings to the bird to command (laughs) it. No, 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 no. She does, in fact, Disney princess it. She asks the bird to get inside the buzz bomber. The bird does so. Sonic approves. They clear the road trying to smash badniks in their way. Eventually, Sally, Boomer, and Antoine get surrounded by lava as they're running through. begging for Sonic's help alongside the buzz bomber as Sonic runs through, rescues Sally, uh, obviously making the quip, is it hot in here or is it just you?
0: Smooth, brother.
1: Smooth. 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 It's, It's almost like these two had a romantic relationship at one point.
0: It's almost like these things are just coming naturally to them.
1: Yeah, it's almost—it's almost like you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Hmm. hmm. Antoine just thinks, "Well, this might be at least the end of the terror,"
0: as Eggman himself comes in, of course, sprouting his classic design from the games.
1: Always, always have said it many, many a times. Classic Eggman. I think he is such a fun-looking villain. I do love modern Eggman's design a lot and i think it fits him but man something about classic egghead always does it for me always so sonic looks at him
0: and thinks okay you must be the eggman that everyone's talking about you know given your your shape and all and eggman says well you must be the sonic that bullied my nephew this morning yep i can't wait to do the same to you as eggman shoots at sonic while he runs away And Boomer is impressed at the sight that there's really no one else like them. And Sally agrees as she also comments, this feels familiar.
1: Familiar. Huh. Interesting.
0: Sonic is then chased to a magma pool. Only small pillars are sticking out for a foothold. So Sonic has no way out to get his path back to. But Sonic ends up being saved by the Buzz Bomber, leaving Eggman to turn upside down to shoot at it freeing the Flicky, but because of that, he loses control and spins out of the sky. He says it doesn't matter. His master plan is complete, and they will all suffer. Just as soon as I figure out what that plan is, what is that glorious battle station for?
1: Okay, so not only is everyone sort of fucked up, Eggman's also fucked up, which is not what you would have expected.
0: Yeah, we're rolling with it. Everyone was amazed at Sonic's skill and right after saying goodbye to their little flicky friend, they find that underground passageway leading to the Labyrinth Zone.
1: Oh, boy. <sighs> Ooh, boy. Oh, boy. Fuck, fuck. So, are we... Are we... Okay, so we really didn't comment much on Green Hill or Marble because I feel like everyone has kind of said their piece about both of these. How do you feel about Labyrinth Zone, Speed?
0: I understand the point of it. So, clearly that you play through screen Hill and marble to create a sense of speed to have a familiar vibe of what the game is supposed to be then you get to labyrinth zone which kind of breaks the flow so you're doing something that you don't expect but it still kind of feels like it's part of the game it's part of the world am I a fan of it? not necessarily but I get why it's there
1: uh it's a bad zone <laughs> uh so- Sonic-, Sonic 1 is a weird fucking game I get I- and and I'm glad that Sonic 2 righted all the wrongs. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say. Uh, fuck Labyrinth, it's boring.
0: <laughs> Sonic says that despite everything, it kind of feels right to be with you guys. And Sally says, oh, well, I'm happy you feel that way. So let's go show that Eggman he shouldn't have messed with our world. Very interesting wording. Very interesting wording.
1: Interesting wording. And that's kind of the end of the comic. A, a, a solid start, but I think what's interesting about sort of what they're trying to do here, obviously this is supposed to be an anniversary comic, but maybe they're showing in a way that drawing directly from the games at the time would not have really worked for a comic format.
0: Elaborate. This is interesting.
1: Okay, so like, if you look at the way that this is structured, it's obviously supposed to be sort of like a, oh look, they're going through the zones, we're having a little nostalgia trip. But if you really like try and pin down what this is, this feels like a, almost like an arc to counter the criticism that's been made about this comic, which is why does this not just follow the typical, like, like typical video game formula and plot, especially in the nineties, because this feels like it could have come straight out of the nineties, right? With how like the artist presented well not so much the art but it's more like the feel and the tone it feels like the tie-in video game comic right? right that you see before you play and it feels like it's this sort of like it's this criticism of how like people have critiqued archie sonic for a very long time now do not do not get me wrong i do not think it is that deep however i do think that there is something being said here about the nature of like ian and the team kind of saying look we know that there's some issues and that there's a lot of parts of this comic that we necessarily that people think are not that good and very weird and off-putting but we also can't do a straight adaptation because then it just becomes this
0: yeah you know i i i agree with the sentiment that this is definitely not ian like trying to do a response to any criticism but at the same time let's be honest like how long did it take for us to talk about two twenty six? Like eight minutes max. It's not that deep. It's really not.
1: That's sort of the thesis. Now, now, I would like to also, I would also like to back this statement up by saying we are not endorsing Pender's bullshit in any way. No, no, no. By please don't. Do not no, 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 that, no, 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 no. No, no. Do please. not mistake that. What we are saying is that the lead up from issue one to the Endgame saga felt natural. Because it felt like a proper continuation of the ongoing story and the fact that it was adapted from a more general, like, children's comics perspective. Yes, it got more intense and it got uh, with a lot more intertwining plot lines, but, like, there was still an appeal and it still felt like Sonic. The problem with this is that it clearly is saying, like, hey, look, it's like the games. But it's also proving and sort of showing that. You can't directly adapt the games one-to-one. You have to build a world first and have those games take place in it. That's why when we get, all I'm going to say is, later on, I feel that Archie does this very, very well. Archie does this very well later on. And I mean, I can even make an argument that IDW does this very, very, very well um, in their comics, right? Where there's a world, it feels lived in and things from the games feel pulled in or natural.
0: To continue on, let's go to Sonic the Hedgehog 227. Again, Flynn wrote, Spatine and Yardley both did the art. So we next see the gang in the Labyrinth Zone just making one of their way through as an earthquake hits. And after the effect is felt off, Sonic compliments Boomer on his technical know-how for reprogramming that Batnik. Hey, how'd you learn to do that? Oh, well, I mean, just kind of comes... Naturally. So Sally and Antoine make their way down to a lower level. As Sally asks for help. Antoine says, sure thing, ma chérie. Oh, thanks, sweetie. And that's kind of where Sonic becomes a little, little activated. Neurons activated. <laughs> Sonic asks, tries to ask Sally, hey, how long have you two been? But then is stopped by the sight of the path being cut off. There's only a pool of water in front of them. So Sally says, okay, the only way forward is to dive into the water. But then Sonic says... I can't swim. But Boomer says, well, ruins like this place have air pockets all around. So Sally just says to Sonic, grab my hand, I'll lead you. And when they're underwater, Sonic thinks to himself, oh, you know, this isn't so bad. Then attention is grabbed to see more badniks. They're shooting out every direction and Antoine's directly in the middle. Sonic can't really gain speed going underwater, and if he dodges, he knows he'll lose momentum. But he uses his speed built up to charge into a crack in the wall, which causes a current to break through to the other side of the wall. And then the water moves through a chute, Sonic and the gang following behind. And then, even though Sonic, Sally, and Boomer are able to jump to solid ground when jumping across a cavern, Antoine tries to make the jump, but an earthquake hits.
1: And he misses. So in a very interesting move, I don't know how I feel about this. I guess it's because it's pressing. There's a brief moment of shock. And then Sally says, we need to keep moving. Sonic is like, fucked up by this. He's like, hey hey guys, I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't save your friend.
0: Boomer even though is like, hey, I think everything will be okay. And Sally is just trying to reassure that like, you know, hey man, it's not your fault. They take an elevator up into the starlight zone and Sonic kind of snaps at Sally saying, hey, how are you so cool with your boyfriend falling to his doom? But then she says, hey, wait, Antoine's not my boyfriend. He's just a real close friend. And second, I know he fell, but he can't just be gone.
1: It doesn't feel right. Boomer says, I feel it too. It's like how these badniks seem familiar and we keep Sharing the same thoughts, says Sonic? Right. It's okay because we know it will be okay. Maybe that's just denial, but no, I get what you're saying. I guess I can feel that too.
0: It's like they have a vibe going on. It's as if they've been friends for years.
1: More importantly, it's like their subconsciouses are telling them, hey, you know these people. You're familiar with them. It's almost like the effects of a reset didn't really reset them fully?
0: Is that a... I think that's the best way to put it. Also, you know, it's Eggman. There's always the asterisk. There's always the caveat. Or as we've come to learn in the comic, there's the element of chaos always in play. Absolutely. Now the three continue on through Starlight Zone, and they eventually end up at the Scrap Brain Zone. And as they look across it, Sonic says, Huh, I don't know, this place kind of needs a cooler name than Scrap Brain. Maybe
1: Robotropolis. Boomer replies, Oh, yeah, or, or how about New Megapolis? Nah, you're trying too hard, buddy. I guess Robotropolis does have a right to it. That's Ian talking. That's another moment. Ah, uh, that's uh, my, my boy. Give him the, the heat. The heat.
0: So they make their way down, and they think it's a little too quiet until Sonic gets electrocuted. Sally nearly gets singed by a flamethrower, and Boomer gets caught on a rotating platform, and he's clutching for his life. So Sally tries to grab onto Boomer, but her grip is slipping, and he can't support himself on anything, And all he says, just drop me and save yourself. But she says, no, not again. As Sonic then comes in, he's also fried, but he's able to help Boomer get up and over. And as they continue their way below, there's a room filled with traps. But Sonic thinks that, you know, Eggman won't have to worry about a can opener. And hey, speaking of, where could that
1: Eggman be? Dr. Eggman! appears in all of his glory as sonic is engulfed by some kind of shield i i can't honestly tell you what what kind of shield this is
0: i think this is some kind of like meta commentary on how like you know when you're playing through the sonic one and you get to the end you often have the invincibility shield on you i think that's what it's supposed to be because it has the it has the, like the stars with it right
1: I guess this is this is ve- it, it, this feels like the weirdest decision they they made but anyways Eggman and Sonic exchange words laughing you know sort of the the general Sonic shtick as uh, Sonic fights the final boss of Sonic 1 before Eggman almost corners him Sonic saying dead end as Eggman prepares to land the final blow marvelous choice of words farewell boy as a uh, creak is heard, eh? That sounds like, and a bunch of water comes down on him, Antoine included. Reference to Scrap Brain Act Three, by the way, hmm. because you know, la- it's 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 Labyrinth Zone. It's just Labyrinth Zone Act Four. <laughs> Fuck that shit, by the way. Literally the worst part of that game.
0: By the way, it. I was uh. It, I think it was like what two years ago when I learned you can just jump over that Wait, you can? Oh my god, you didn't know that? You can just jump over that and go directly
1: to the final boss. And you can just skip you can just skip lap so episode 4. That is so fucking cringe. Why th- this is <laughs> this is why I don't like Sonic 1. Okay? If you like Sonic 1, that's great. Listen, it has some bangers music-wise, but no. The platforming is not that good. It, it's it, it, it's no. No. No, it just
0: ends with, uh, you know, Antoine and Eggman are now face-to-face as Antoine instinctively just panic slaps him across the face, giving Sonic the distraction to smash through the crusher. Now he's got Eggman right where he wants him. The force field dissipates as Eggman makes an escape under a chute, leading him to try to sneak away, but Sonic catches him and tries to begin to fly away in his Eggmobile, but of course, just like the game, you gotta get your last tap in. One hit, the Eggmobile begins to break and Eggman begins to crash land down. Screaming, you say it with me guys, I I hate hate that that hedgehog. hedgehog.
1: Sally asks, Sonic, what happened to Eggman? And of course, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Boo. Boo. Everyone's rejoicing. They did it. Oh, they saved the world. But Sonic is skeptical. You know how you were so sure Antoine would be okay? I've got the same feeling about Eggman. This isn't over, Sal. We have reached the end of Sonic 1. We have reached the end of 227. And with that being said, I think it's time that we move on to. <laughs> <laughs> So Sonic 2, how do, you, how do you feel about this game? Because people jerk oh. it off
0: really hard. They do jerk it off, but uh, it's a little bit warranted. Just a little bit warranted because it is a very strong follow-up to Sonic 1, which is not the biggest challenge in the world to overcome, let's be honest. But hey, you know, fun game. Introducing the seven Chaos Emeralds, where Sonic 1 just had the six. Super Sonic as well. Tails, love tails. That's from a boy right there.
1: Every everyone loves tails. If you do not love tails, you're you're cringe. You're cringe. You're not actually cringe, but come on, man. How can you how can you dislike tails? He's the best. He's a good, good boy. Good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel uh that Sonic 2 uh by certain people is a little bit overrated. I think that um it's really good in a lot of areas. Uh it has great music, has great level design. The ending of the game kinda kills it for me though. I'm not a fan of Wing Fortress. Megabala's Zone is like a fucking meme because of how dumb and obnoxious the level design is. The astronauts can go suck a cock. The crab enemy with the hitbox that extends like five feet out from the fucking claw, right, is absurd. The, the half-fight special stages are fun. Death Egg Zone is interesting, but I wish you did not have to do it on zero rings. I think, I think giving you one ring would have been fair. It, doesn't the christian whitehead remake give you three rings yes it does it does it does that's the version i played uh sega uh where the fuck is that sonic collection again by the way
0: bro i hope by the time this gets to the youtube audience we get owned
1: yeah honestly i really hope so because dude i really want that collection please just port the whitehead remakes bro <laughs> why it's is, it's it not that hard why are you so insistent on keeping these games locked to mobile Bro, they're literally the best versions of the game for fuck's sake, Sega. You are literally if you offered that shit on Steam, people would pay 10 bucks for it per game. Real and true. I would pay 20 for both. <laughs> I would pay 25 for both. Hey, look, listen, Sega, you're leaving money on the table as usual. As usual, you know, just just putting it out there. So it out our there. grievances aside, Let's continue uh, with Sonic the Hedgehog, issue number 228. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. After
0: uh, the incident with Eggman, Sonic meets Tails at Westside Island, bringing along his new friends, and everyone gets to introduce each other, you know? And Sonic is like, yeah, my buddy Tails over here, this is the smartest kid I know. Boomer, in particular, is impressed with the biplane that they have. Wow, an F1 with a 9B 9-cylinder rotary engine. Pretty cool, buddy. Tail says, oh yeah, this plane's actually Sonic's, but I I take care of it for him. And plus, they also see, oh wow, there's a turbo engine here. Cool. Tail says, oh yeah, this was not that hard to connect the fuel lines. So while they geek out, Sally tells Sonic about the info she found from the computers at the Scrap Brain Zone. All of Eggman's production plants are still online, and you were right, he did seem to survive, as the crew feel another earthquake hit. Eggman needs to be stopped before the planet shakes itself apart, so Sonic figures the best course of action is to just find him and beat the ugly out of him. Which might take a week, but like, yeah, it is. Sally though thinks the best course of action may be to go through his supply lines, break his infrastructure off, you know? Sonic is convinced with the supply line argument, and Sally's got directions to Eggman's closest factory, so they get on their way with Tails joining the crew. Then, meanwhile, Eggman and Snively are on board the Death Egg, gloating about their plan, which primed Mobius for Phase 2. Don't remember what Phase 1 was, but it drained the Death Egg of power.
1: Interesting. Yes, but you don't have to worry about refueling from all your factories and bases now. The seven Chaos Emeralds we found are recharging the station incredibly fast. Yes. Once fully powered, I will be able to roboticize all of Mobius in one shot. So, this means that Eggman's plan, as revealed here, very briefly, was that he was going to reset the world back to its primordial form, and then win in the past when Sonic was disorganized. Technically true. However, Eggman clearly changed the
0: details when he did the reset. Seems like, you know, Not-Hole doesn't exist. Sally does not seem to be the princess of a kingdom. There may be no kingdom, period. West Side Island, which is the setting of Sonic 2, was not, I think, part of the canon of the comics up to this point?
1: I thought that Sonic 2's island was South Sea Island. That was Sonic 1's island. Ah, okay. But, but and then, and then here comes the factor. Did Eggman intentionally fidge... Or fib the details? Or did Eggman do this intentionally or or unintentionally? That's kind of the question,
0: right? That's a question we kind of just have to ask ourselves because doesn't get answered, doesn't really get asked either. We're not, this is kind of one of those we have to look uh, between the lines, unfortunately.
1: I would say that the decision to fib the details was unintentional. Eggman probably wanted the world in the most base state imaginable, but did not intend to revert the world to an almost entirely different sort of deal?
0: Now that makes me wonder, did Eggman intend to have his memories be in flux as well with everyone else? Or was this part of the fudging of the details an unintended consequence? Now his memories don't exactly line up with this new world that was created, so the world trying to repair itself by giving Eggman a new set of memories, and now he's as confused as everyone else is.
1: And that's what leads to a very interesting line from Mr. Eggman. Eggman says that, you know, so we all we have to do is wait for total victory. I now have plenty of time to work on this little chaos-in-the-equation logic puzzle. Snively questioning him as he continues to respond, talking about the unpredictable Snively... The quantum variant, the unexplainable hiccup in the soundest of places, the hedgehog. I
0: have to ask, was that line from Eggman an intentional thing to mention, or you think that may have been a slip up, a little slip of the old memories?
1: In my mind, I feel like that line adds more weight to the intentionality. Maybe Eggman wanted to reset himself to get a new perspective on the situation, to think about ways that he could deal with Sonic once and for all, besides, you know, the, um... <laughs> the, 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 you know, the raising,
0: the the, the 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 big war crime, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, just uh, casually killing beloved characters like that. You know, just like, you know.
0: Just like that. Snively thinks that, you know, maybe, Eggman, we should be paying attention to the weird seismic activity on this planet. The readings suggest a total space-time collapse. It's as if the universe was stretched to its breaking point and it's fighting to snap back. Eggman's response? I, I don't care. We'll do our thing before then. And as far as the Rebel Mobians are concerned, well, Eggman ensured his factories are primed for uninvited guests.
1: So, we make our way back to the crew, coming into, of course, the iconic Sonic 2 Zone Chemical Plant. Love Chemical Plant. Great zone, great music, great gameplay...
0: Nice aesthetic, you know, hey. And they reference a little something there that I'm sure was the first thing that you thought of when you thought of Chemical Plant Zone.
1: Oh, don't worry, it's there. You don't think Ian does his fucking homework? That man unlocked. He unlocked, he boys. When they're
0: inside, they're wondering what Eggman could need all this fuel for. Is he just polluting for pollution's sake? And Sally comments that this place is deceptively big. We can find our way around, but we just need to know which way to go. So Sonic suggests boring through the pipelines to figure something out. And he does exactly that, as Tails follows Sonic outside the pipes, tracking where Sonic is about to end up, and beats him to the end. As they continue, they find their way together. Sally, Boomer, and Antoine come up behind a lift. You know, if you waited another minute, we would have found the way like this. But where's the fun in that? Sonic comments. And further inside, the team find their way to some supply cranes. So, oh, we can definitely just jump our way off the top of the boxes, which this is what we were talking about. This is the accordion lift from the chemical plant zone, the one where the the mega muck fills the area and cause many a drowning. I still have the music in my nightmares.
1: Yes, uh, we are playing it for you now so that you you too can also experience the PTSD that all of us as Sonic fans collectively experience when we hear the music. Top 10 most terrifying video game music tracks uh, in in stressful situations.
0: (laughs) Real and true and sad. And sad. Another earthquake hits in the moment, which breaks some sheet walls. And that's what floods the space with the Megamuck. A vicious polymer with toxic qualities, Tails says. So Sonic tells Tails to bring everyone up as he breaks open a vent to escape through. And Tails flies Antoine up, kinda struggling to do so. And so Sonic comes down to Boomer and Sally, and when Sonic lands, the boxes shift, launching Boomer up to Tails and takes him the rest of the way. Which leads Sonic to carry Sally up, and she says, you know, I could have climbed up myself, but where would be the fun in that? As the two exchange a, a little look that you could argue was familiar to them.
1: Yes, absolutely. Ah, oh, remember that look. Remember, Remember that look. Remember, remember the good times, friends. Remember, remember, remember when they slapped each other. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I just that, that, that felt like a slap in the face. <laughs> See, speaking, speaking of that, Sonic and Sally talk for a bit. The two having a discussion about, you know, not getting ahead of themselves. Uh, Sally saying, "I want to end this quickly too, but it's like I said earlier, we have to kind of support lines. We're going to be dealing with him over and over again." Sonic's response is. Nobody's going to get hurt as long as I'm. Vietnam flashback hits deep as the image of Sally getting fucking shot appears in his fucking mind.
0: You want to talk about uh, flashes of the old world. You ever get that weird deja vu moment A moment where you think hey I didn't experience this before what's going on here so Sonic got that but with a nice layer of PTSD to it
1: can we can we play old snakes theme over that over that panel just you know the 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 soft guitar
0: I was thinking putting in a MIDI of fortunate sons when you mentioned Vietnam flashback but that's a good option too
1: Nah, it's. It, I feel like it's. It's too. It's too dramatic for 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 Fortunate Son. I just think of like the the soft guitar and Old Snakes theme for somebody who's like broken apart and is just like, fuck. I don't know, dude, I I, I, I think that, that just throwing this in for the sake of throwing this in is so fucked up. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, it's not for the sake of throwing it in because it's showing
0: that they have flashes of the old world, even despite just the weird familial vibe, the familiar vibe that they're getting off of each other. It's showing the old world still exists. The reset didn't really reset, if you catch my drift. But after Sonic gets that memory flash, He kind of just shakes it off. And Sonic says, you know what? You guys do whatever you want. I'm going to go after the big guy myself. Oh, so that's it? You're just walking out on this? I don't walk. I run. Later, guys.
1: It's almost like the PTSD flashback is, uh, willing him to act unnaturally and not trust his friends because he watched his girlfriend fucking die. Ouchies. But in that moment,
0: Tails follows behind Sonic saying, well... You know, I'm going with him, but uh, it was nice being with you guys at the very least. So Sally's a little miffed, but Boomer says, hey, you haven't led me or Antoine astray. I'll stick by you, as she intends to continue on the mission. So then the three of them arrive to the Oil Ocean Zone. Uh, one of the more less remembered, less beloved, I guess, of the Sonic 2 Zones, but got a nice aesthetic, fun music, you know? like.
1: Okay, so you have the chat, uh, the... The average Casinopolis appreciator versus the Chad Oil Ocean Zone enjoyer, which is me. Uh, I'm I'm actually in the Oil Ocean Defense Squad. Uh, I think it's actually a really cool level, and uh, seeing it in Mania made me really fucking happy.
0: Let's also big shout out to Taxman and the crew for going Giga Brain for Act Two to bring in the Sandopolis gimmick.
1: Yeah, they brought in the Sandopolis gimmick, and it was fucking sick. Act 2 of Oil Ocean was crazy. I think it is one of the most weird and strange Sonic acts I've ever played, and I have such an appreciation for it because of that.
0: They arrive there to cut off another of Eggman's supply lines. If they do so, Eggman will lose half his energy reserves. Though Boomer asks, Don't you think we should have made more of an effort to keep Sonic around? We really could use his skill set here, don't you think? And Sally agrees... She says she wasn't thinking back there. As then another tremor hits. Antoine's getting sick of the shaking. Boomer thinks Mobius is ripping itself apart like this. So guys, we gotta work fast. As they're being spied on by a badnik nearby. Meanwhile, Sonic and Tails are flying over the Metropolis zone on the tornado. Tails thinking that maybe having them as backup could have helped us. I feel like we're kind of in over our heads right now. But Sonic just pushes that aside. Keep the tornado running. And after this, we can fly off to our happily ever after, buddy. So Sonic takes a radio com, skydives down into the Metropolis Zone, grinding down a steel tower, breaking into a factory, to finish the job.
1: That's the end of 228. We move to 229. Not much else to say, unless you have want want to comment uh, on something.
0: Sonic 229, Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. Absolutely. Tails radios into Sonic. All's quiet in the skies of Metropolis. What's going on down there? Sonic says things could be better. He's racing through the Zone, smashing badniks and trying to get a handle of the Zone's gimmicks, if you will. Wishing he had some friendly company right about now. Speaking of, we see Sally, Antoine, and Boomer running through the oil ocean zone, trying to take some cover between containers. Boomer really wishes Sonic were here right now, and Sally does agree. She even says, I really feel like Sonic should be here with me. Us, I mean us. They hide behind some containers, but are discovered by more badniks and begin to get shot at. They don't have any way forward and they have to be scattered by the laser fire. And Sally falls and she grabs onto Boomer's hand
1: as we hit a flashback. The old, old, old Snake's theme is now playing, by the way. Sally says that she remembers. Of course remembering the time where fake Sonic, who I believe was Snively in a Sonic suit.
0: That was actually uh, Hershey in a Sonic suit. Oh
1: yeah, that's right. It's Hershey in the Sonic suit. Oh God, don't remind me of Jeffers St. John. Hershey in the Sonic suit cut the rope and caused Sally to fall to her death. Death. As she remembers everything you know the good times post her coming back to life the time where sonic was dead for a year in universe their reunion them on the ship it's all coming back like a dream and before she knows it she's pulled back in all the while, Antoine was being
0: fired out uh, through those ball cannons and barrels. You know, the one from Oil Ocean Zone, the green checker one. That's a fun little gimmick, I think. And he's destroying some badness through them. And when she sees that little distraction, all the memories are gone. Sally, you gotta, gotta keep your head in the game. So Sally then asks uh, Mobini, hey, do you know where the main valves are? And points them to the direction they need to back up Sonic. And again, speaking of Sonic, is still making his way through Metropolis, running up that nut corkscrew, saying, "Oh man, I thought Eggman would be the biggest nut in this place."
1: Ah, oh, dying over here, man. Uh, as uh, as Sonic continues uh, running up the uh, nut, saying, "Ah, oh, well, there's one more reason I need the others here. There's nobody to laugh at my jokes. Well, after translating for Twan into dweebies. Boomer would have liked it, Sally." would scold me for running into a trap. As a fuck-ton of Asterons appear, the devil of Metropolis Zone. Horrible fucking enemies. Bad. uh, Bad post. Cursed enemies. Sonic promptly takes care of them by running up the nut as quickly as he can, bounces through a grate, and comes face-to-face with Dr. Robotnik.
0: And he says, Oh, bravo! You've got a lot of effort to get to me, rodent! Hey, at least you're mad enough to beat me face-to- Hey, wait, you- You've called me Rodent before, and we've been doing this a lot more than the past couple of days. Oh, you're starting to remember. Can't have that. Then he deploys the replica shields of his Eggmobile. As we then move to Sally, Antoine, and Boomer, cutting off the oil lines. And as a result, power slowly rolls to black across all his bases. Which leads to power being cut in Metropolis as well. Sonic quips, ah, looks like you forgot to pay your power bill, Doc. But... Eggman says it doesn't matter. The Death Egg is primed and ready to roboticize the planet. And sends off the decoys to bother Sonic. But he rushes past them. And he calls Tails in. Hey, you gotta catch me, dude. As he jumps out a several story building. And Tails catches him just in the nick of time. Hey, Sonic, give me like a longer warning next time. They look to the land below. Another tremor hit. And this one was bad. A huge crack in the earth is seen. Eggman's city is split clean in half. It's not too late to fix this though. We just gotta find him. Up in the clouds, they find Eggman's wing fortress. Oh, That was easy. But Sonic, much like any smart person, skip it. It's just a decoy. Make for the shuttle that just launched. He's making a break for the Death Egg. Tails flies him up as close as he can, and Sonic jumps to latch onto the shuttle. And moves out of the atmosphere and lands inside the Death Egg. And drops to catch his breath. And then he sees outside the window the planet's atmosphere. It's not just earthquakes affecting Mobius. We see some, like, hurricanes popping up as well. Which, to us Florida men, let's be real here. I don't even
1: wake up for a Category 3 yeah, like Nakama. Nah, nah, dog. It's it's It's... I don't, I don't even care. You, you, you what, what you mean, what you mean is 50 mile an hour winds, bro. I'm, I'm trying to play video games right now. What the right fuck? You, now. What, I don't, like,
0: come on, it's 60 mile an hour wins? Nah, fuck that. I'm going to Publix. I'm getting me a chicken tender sub. You can't stop oh,
1: me. Oh, 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 my man. Listen, these jokes are only relevant to us. Uh, I'm sorry that all of you have to put up with it. Uh, we live in the hell state. We get to make the hell state jokes. Fuck you. But more importantly, Dr. Eggman appears. Beginning a long little monologue, actually, uh, one that is quite interesting. It's trying desperately to return to what it once was, but once I fire the Death Egg's roboticizer, it will cement the dimensional shift, as well as turn every living thing into my robot slave. And thus, another flashback. Sonic remembering three key fights with Eggman: the battle and end game the defeat at Not whole and the triumph in New Megapolis. Three core moments, but they bring back to him those important bits. So he replies with, so there was another world, and there's still a chance to set things right. There was, but I've changed it to be primed for my conquest. And while you might've had a chance before, it's too late now. As he brings out the iconic, the legendary, the well-known robot Death Egg Robo.
0: The the generations remix is the best version of the song.
1: Absolutely, it's uh, it's pretty incredible how how hard that remix goes for each individual phase. It's really good, and uh, props to Sonic Mania for using it as the uh, very first boss. so They could say, "Here's your Death Egg Robot, shut the fuck up." And <laughs> <laughs> Green Hill Zone too. Yeah, Chats. I know. Thank you, thank you. Based, extremely based. Eggman continues. I can't recall everything of the old world, but one thing I know for certain, you always ruin things at the 11th hour. So I reshaped the whole world, reality in its entirety, to change you. But here you are again, trying to foil my plans. Again, getting in the way at the last possible instant. Again, this time, I win! As Eggman, throwing the shuttle at Sonic, a large explosion hitting him as he once again continued. Your beat wrote it. I hold all the aces. I have my death egg. It's powered by all the chaos emeralds. You cannot beat me. Before Sonic realizes with an empty wire near him, glowing all the colors of the rainbow, powered by the chaos emeralds, you know, Doc, he grabs the wire eggman steps on him goodbye sonic flash of light appears sometimes you make this too easy it's super sonic i mean this is to be expected but it's still pretty it's it's a it's a cute little moment i mean let's be real at this at least this is a unique way of
0: sonic getting into his super form feeding off a broken wire because all the chaos emeralds powering the death egg hey points for creativity
1: I would also like to mention um, something that's a bit unique about the art here is that Supersonic's design in this uh, particular instance, they draw a lot of angles of him here looking a lot more like classic Supersonic. It's a minor touch, but one that's appreciated. So Egghead's having a bit of a mental meltdown. It's not possible. A direct current like that should have fried you. Dude, you're the one who told me what kind of juice is running through the cable. <laughs> <laughs> and Eggman doesn't matter.
0: Sonic hits him with a wave of energy. Eggman throws bombs in the air. All of it's ineffectual as he just screams, I hate you. I hate you with all of my hate. Die, die, die. But Snively is trying to radio in. Uh, sir, the the the, the dimensional stability is slowly degrading. The roboticizer's effects probably won't stop it. And whatever's going on in your position is kind of making it worse. And then the planet is tearing itself apart. And we can't stop it. Sonic figures, well, looks like I gotta finish this while there's still a planet to save. Supersonic pushes the Death Egg Robo into a wall, immobilizing it as he goes to both ends of the frayed wire he grabbed. He needs to tap in as much chaos power as I can get to. You know, normally this is that other guy shtick. Um, shady, streaky, whatever. Maybe I can pull this off. Maybe I can set everything right and save her. Chaos got us here. Chaos can get us back. I got no second chances. So here goes, chaos control. And from the center of the death egg, Another white wave is released, encompassing all of Mobius. Tails, Boomer, Antoine, and Sally all look to the sky as it's blanketed in white once again. Boomer screams, hey, everything is vanishing, Sally, what do we do? But she calmly responds, everything's okay, Rotor. Sonic's got things under control. Sonic? Rotor? Just trust me, everything will be alright. As Sally looks up into the sky and says,
1: and Sonic, as the comic itself once again fades out of existence says on the other side sally and that is the end of our comic the fate of this arc um is going to be left up to a bit of a cliffhanger we will not be talking about what happens after but let's just say um that
0: genesis wave another domino fell
1: yeah another 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 domino i hope you're uh
0: hope you're ready for what's in store because you will not be prepared for what's going to be in the next episode but we finished off this arc, this sort of like celebration 20th anniversary arc. It all just kind of fell into place as where Everett wanted it to be. Sega obviously wanted the comic to celebrate the 20th anniversary. And Ian wrote this kind of little situation where they, he could give him what Sega wanted. But also now he's setting up for the future. For the arc itself, it's a nice little celebration. Big fan of it. It's really simplistic, really easy to digest and get into. And I think it was a lot of fun, especially the end, Sonic using Chaos Control to fix everything, which is, again, not something from the classic games. This is Sonic pulling in his old memories and using that knowledge to fix everything. There is a reason I said fix with quotations. We'll get to it.
1: Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. This is a cute little arc. Um, they're trying to sort of make that, that idea that um you reset the universe, theoretically, the dimension uh, the dimensional waves and the way that it works, uh, it will always bounce back. A very interesting concept to bring up when uh, you consider that uh, Sonic also brings up the fact that the planet is tearing itself apart. Honestly, I feel like we're going to have to talk more about the effects of... In the next episode, <laughs> 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 I, 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 and it begins. Let me
0: let me tell you something, folks. We hit the ground running next episode, but we're going to move on. We we talked a lot about the universe, the world as it is, but as we all know in the lore of Archie Sonic, there's a bigger world. There's a bigger multiverse at play. Our next arc in Sonic Universe is going to touch on that, focusing on someone who we kind of left behind. And we will be back after this break with Sonic Universe. And we're back with the Archie Sonic Digest. Hot off the tail of the last story with the multiverse and all that. Mobius has been fixed. So now we have to wonder, look beyond the borders of the world. What else is going on?
1: That's a really good question, actually. Like, what else is going on? And, well, we're returning to a favorite of ours. uh, Uh, a real scourge of a hedgehog. Because it's because it's Scourge. We're we're talking about Scourge. This is a Scourge arc upcoming. I didn't expect this, but this is a really good arc. It's really, really, really good.
0: I have a lot of thoughts, especially once we get to two characters in particular. I think I think you know who I'm talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, I think
1: I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It, so one of one of them is. Um,
0: it's gonna be delicious, folks. Without further ado, Sonic Universe number twenty nine. Flynn Yardley, the creative team. As always. The first page of this comic, we have a little recap of Scourge's story. I used to be a nobody. Worse than that, I was an evil Sonic on an evil Mobius, but with the boost of the Master Emerald, I became a real Scourge. Stomped my planet into submission, and used my stash of Anarchy Barrel to become Super Scourge. I was at the top of my game. I was invincible. Now look at me. Just some Punk in the zone jail
1: so we cut to a pretty big open shot so we are in the no zone and gravity doesn't work here uh, as you remember so we have things on their side upside down it's very interesting
0: for a little recap the reason why this is like this is because the world line this universe is on is like perpendicular to the world line sonics multiverse is on and this is where the two world lines just happen to intersect. So that's why the rotation's off.
1: But we see the zone jail, a prison of sorts, where Scourge, seemingly defeated, hanging around in a a prison yard.
0: He thinks that, you know, if he were outside, he would be the one wailing on everyone else. But in here, he's just a joke. He's been left, grounded to the dirt, left behind. But he's helped up by two guys. By the name of Vertical and Horizontal. Cal and Al for short. Now, folks, these are two characters we only ever saw once in Sonic the Hedgehog issue
1: 3. Nah, bro. It's twice. We saw them twice.
0: Oh, right. We did see them twice. We did see them twice.
1: We saw them in their original form in Sonic 3. And then the second time we saw them was in, I don't remember which exact issue it was, but...
0: It was in the Bowlers era. Yes, Let's... it
1: was in the Bowlers era. Because there was a story about the two of them becoming uh, trans-dimensional gods, uh, if if you now, remember. Folks, hold your laughter. I know, I know. <laughs> but they are reverted back to their original form, seemingly, and are helping Scourge up.
0: And, of course, Scourge thinking that these guys are just some lowly worms. But they're just saying, "Oh, great! They didn't break anything this time." And hey, little grass stains never hurt. They match your spines, dude. Don't be so sour," Al says. You know, we try to look on the bright side. Cal agrees. You know, you know, we used to be gods in our home zone. Which, I, look, hearing that for the first time, <laughs> and you look at them, you're thinking, "What the fuck are you talking about?"
1: It's it's pretty funny how this joke is also like, "Wow, they're 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 talking about the magnitude of the fact that they were once gods." And also at, wait, what the fuck? These two comical characters became trans-dimensional gods? Like, is that where this story was at one point? And the answer is yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) We fought our way
0: through a lot of garbage to get where we are, folks. Then when you remember it, it's just like, how do I describe it? It's like trauma. It's like experiencing trauma. (laughs) You come back, (laughs) you fight through it, you come past it, and you're like mostly healed. And then you try to remember the past, and it's just a little bit fuzzy. Pain. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, their fighting in their home zone started causing damage to other zones, so the zone cops brought him down, threw him in the brig. And hey, you were only just a king, so, you know, put it all into perspective, and hey, hey, where are you going? Scourge walks away. Only bright side here is that ever since, you know, Scourge got here, Cal and I haven't been getting beat up as much, they figure. He walks to the fence and looks at a shuttle bringing in new inmates. Fresh meat will keep the jerks off my back for a while. And they pour out. One of them exclaims that the horizon is all wrong. But the warden, Zobotnik, says no. You're in the wrong. That's why you're here. And mine now. This version of Robotnik, I guess, is is a warden? More importantly, he is this version of Sonic's boss.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: So, speaking of which, Zonic himself shows up, We gotta keep the line moving, Warden, need to have a talk with you. And the two shake hands, oh, my favorite zone cop, don't ever let it be said, I don't enjoy my time with you, Warden. Zobotnik saying, the Dr. Negawar must be going well if my star cop can spare time to tell me how to do my job. But Zonic says, oh, no, 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 the war is just as bad as ever. And now there's an unrelated issue affecting Mobius Prime. My time here is costly. They're talking about the situation.
1: Yeah, the incident. The incident. The the incident.
0: And look, I'm not here to tell you how to do your job. Your record is spotless. Zabotnik interrupts saying no one has escaped under his watch. Zonic is here for these five coming out of the shuttle now. We got inmates from the Prime Zone, a first for us for breaking the multiverse lockdown. These five, the Destructix. All have ties to Scourge, especially the woman. They took out three cars, sent four of my men to the hospital, and I don't think they were escaping the trouble on Prime. Keep an eye on them. And Zobotnik, the universal constants are all here. Zobotnik with his lackey, Snively. It's Z- Snively with the Z, but it still Z, sounds yeah, kind of similar. it's very Z-Znively. very strange. Snively. Yeah. So he smirks. The Prime Zoners will fall in line. And as for Scourge, we have been aggressively pursuing his rehabilitation.
1: Now, we get some shots here uh, showing that uh, Scourge's spines have been shaved. He is treated as almost less than a normal inmate. Being placed with a clearly much larger and superior evil Big the Cat with a scar on his eye. That's uh, that's pretty metal.
0: It is. And let me tell you something. You want to know why? anti-Big the Cat, Smalls as he's called, which is a great name for the record. That's
1: yeah, fucking hysterical.
0: The reason why he's in Zone Jail, Ian Flynn revealed this in an interview with, uh, you'll remember this name, Find the Computer Room.
1: Oh, oh of course.
0: He said with them, uh, the reason why Smalls is in Zone Jail is because he was traveling to other zones killing froggy variants.
1: Wow, that's... <laughs> I, I can't even tell you, bro, how fucked up that is.
0: How fucked up it is to just casually drop that in an interview as well.
1: Good lord. Thank
0: you, Ian. Love you.
1: (laughs) And lastly, we see an echidna of some kind uh, dunking Scourge into a basketball hoop alongside being essentially bullied nonstop.
0: Mike Wazowski moment.
1: Mike Wazowski moment. He is treated as less than normal, a joke, a punching bag with no strengths, no abilities, and no speed to speak of. He is... Less than worthless in this prison now now let's 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 take this from where scourge was literal top of the world, literal king to this that is nuts
0: that's n- <laughs> and my theory is that uh I think Zabotnik gave all the prisoners some kind of carte blanche to like fuck with scourge as part of the rehabilitation. You gotta kick him while he's down so he can really break him,
1: yeah. I think that's pretty accurate.
0: Yeah, I mean, you even see, like, one scene of, like, some guy shoving Scourge into a, a drying machine. He's screaming to the to some, like, guards for help, but they just ignore him.
1: It's it's pretty intense.
0: At dinner, Scourge sits to eat. Cal and Al come to sit next to him. Rather peaceful since the new inmates came in. I hear they're from the Prime Zone, five of them. Scourge seems a little nervous. He really hopes it's not who he thinks it could be. As he tries to get up, he's put down by his cellmate, Smalls. Scourge tries to go elsewhere, but Smalls grabs him, shoves his face into his tray. Oh, now you've done it. I hate when people waste food. As Smalls is being grabbed by Simeon. You were just leaving. Yeah, sure, big man, he's all yours. Cal and Al are intimidated away. Then the Destructics surround the table, secured. Fiona comes in to sit next to her old flame scourge you miss me she cleans him up you know i didn't abandon you at freedom hq i knew you needed backup so i got the destructix now tell me who loves you as scourge gets up and screams you and these lame morons are going to get me killed and just walks away we then see a little shot of uh two characters void from Sonic Shuffle, and
1: Mephilus. <laughs> Mephilus saying, oh yeah, Scourge just needs to lighten up. Of all the fucking characters. I, but but it's so perfect, as these two are, like, the most, like, what what Sonic villains at this point in time? Right, like why would you just randomly include them here? I mean, I think they they
0: both involved like fucking with reality, so I get why they're there. Although personally, I like to think this version of Mephiles is the one from the SnapCube fan dub. I can just hear Chase saying these lines.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Please no!
0: Fiona assures them. Scourge just needs to come around. The plan will work. Scourge is just clutching his arms. Everyone saw. They know you're not with them. As someone calls out from him. Hey, mate. Why? I I swear I didn't. Oh, oh, it's you. We then see uh, Jeffrey St. Croix, the anti-Jeffrey. You know, us Moabian zoners have to stick together, which is why King Max, who is anti-King Max. This is spelled with two X's. He wants to see you now. Well, you can tell your king, Scourge becomes grabbed by two muscle guys. it has got my undivided attention. We then move. Scourge is thrown into King Max's cell. Oh, Scourge, my boy, how nice of you to promptly answer my summons. I just want you to know, I harbor no ill will. I enjoyed conquering the Zone of Silence after you exiled me there. I even carved out my own territory out here. Until the Zone Cops stopped my nightmare army. What? Okay, so I want to talk about this. Um, I'm intrigued by this concept. Mobius Prime, Anti-Mobius. The whole premise of characters from these realities, you can boil it down to the implicit kind of becomes the explicit and vice versa. So, King Max, Anti-King Maximilian, has warmonger tendencies. And, uh... Kind of makes you think about Max Prime, don't you think?
1: Well, this was the same character that was not only an extreme misogynist to his daughter, restricted her from normal movement and normal daily uh, life activities under the advisement of Jeffrey St. John, but also attempted to uphold a dying monarchy for the sake of himself while his mind was going. He's a warmonger and a piece of shit, and I think we all can fucking agree that. And his story, in all of its iterations, has never, ever portrayed him in a good light.
0: Yeah, so it's almost as if his anti-verse version is just doubling down on all the negative traits, which, it makes sense. That's the case for all of the anti-verse zoners, but, like, him especially. However, I want to comment on something. I like this. I like the idea that, you know, he has these tendencies that... He wants to conquer. I I think that's pretty good. But personally, I kind of think there's something else that could have been more interesting. Another emotion that Max Prime, I think, could be mined from is fear. This whole time, he was afraid that he lost everything, losing his kingdom to Robotnik. And then later on, his long lost son becomes the king and then gives up the influence of the monarchy to a democratic process which he clearly was against and then that may have accelerated his you know dementia or whatever you want to call it take that concept take it to anti-king max the fear of children usurping him and exiling him to a pocket dimension and now he's in a zone that makes no goddamn sense so now he's fighting for survival and doing a good job at it, conquering the territory and all that. But he's afraid. He's afraid that every second that passes, at another second, he can't fix his kingdom. And also, he's also probably afraid because the history of Moabius is also flipped. So during the five years of war on Moabius, there was five years of peace. So maybe he was scheming and conniving during those five years to. Maybe carve out some territory. Maybe, maybe he kind of has like the Azulon ideology from Avatar. We're such a prosperous kingdom. Is it not right to share that prosperity with the rest of the world?
1: There are a lot of ideas here, man. And I'm not going to lie. There are, there, I did not think that deeply about this. This is what happens when you have a conspiracy
0: addled brain.
1: I mean, it's okay. I, I get, I get where you're coming from though. I do. I think that there is a lot of the emotional traits that King Max possesses that have sort of been not so subtly elaborated on over time. And I think using uh, the anti-Max to kind of show what would happen if King Max really had all those tendencies come out in full force is really interesting.
0: And again, talking about the whole prosperity idea. What if King Max did act on that in the prime world? What would happen? What if there was no Robotnik there? What could have happened?
1: You, you, there's there's a lot of answers to that question. But, you know, we know how King Max is. We know how obsessive and clingy he is. I mean, it's not a totally far off stretch.
0: Right. And as for anti-Jeffrey St. John, I have thoughts on him too. But there is going to be a scene at the end of this arc where I'm going to elaborate on because it's uh, it's spicy too. Yes. King Max continues, you know, I even endorsed your idea of the renaming of Mobius. No longer are we in the shadow of Mobius Prime. Something I continued on in here. Isn't that right, St. Croix? Yes, sir. Very wise of you, sir. And yet, I thought we had an agreement. You do not challenge my power here, and my gang won't tear you to pieces. Five of your former associates, one of them happens to be your girlfriend, all of them arrested at the same time but Scourge continues to insist that I'm not with them. Uh, but Max is not having it, and tells the boys, leave enough of him to be identified. He'll serve him as a lesson to the others. But Scourge, as best he can, he fights back. Headbutts St. Croix, he's not going down like a chump, not like this. But the muscle is able to subdue him. One is about a pummel Scourge, as a tongue whip stops his arm. So that's where the Destructics come in to save Scourge. The boys are fighting as Fiona walks up to Max. Scourge belongs to us. You don't touch him. You just signed your death warrants. Ooh, scary old man. That's a pretty good line.
1: That's, that's, that's decent. Uh, I, I really wish Sally would have said that to Max at some point uh, in, 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 in Mobius Prime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she gets Scourge on his feet. Targets have been neutralized. Keep anyone off their backs while we talk. They go to Scourge's cell. What happened back there? You can fight Sonic to a standstill. Those guys should have been cake. Uh, it's it's these inhibitor collars they got on us. Keeps my speed and my agility cut off. And they keep my spines pruned, too. What went down is kind of what I expected. Now everyone's going to get back at me for trying to make a gang. So what? Kick their teeth in? Yeah, easy for you to say. I've been beaten to the floor ten times too many. I just want to be left alone.
1: Here's where I think things get really, really, really interesting. Fiona says then you do need a team, like Sonic. Yeah, just rub salt into the wound, why don't ya? I shouldn't need a bunch of fuzzy buddies to cuddle up to. I conquered a whole stinking planet on my own. Be honest with yourself here. You just beat up a bunch of regional warlords and said that made you king. Besides... Sonic Freedom Fighters are his friends. That makes them liabilities. You can have your own gang of cannon fodder and still be the baddest dude among them. Convincing them to help you now might be a little hard, though. My gang. My army. But I still keep the bragging rights. You got a plan? Of course I've got a plan. Are you ready to get some revenge? I'll make the Destructix my king. Then we're busting out of this place and anyone in our way is in for a world of pain. So I kind of said the whole, the whole um, sequence uh, over text, but let's walk through the important points. First of all, Scourge didn't technically conquer the planet, which I think is an interesting tidbit to drop. He beat up a bunch of regional warlords and then apparently that made him king.
0: He just showed his muscle a bit and said, hey, yo. I run this shit and no one just challenged him.
1: Fiona, in my opinion, is clearly kind of playing Scourge up. The idea is that she knows that Scourge is too much of a prideful, arrogant son of a bitch to admit he needs the help. He has to control and gain the respect of people and, and and phrase it like that in order to get him to cooperate, you know? So that's what she does. And I think it's really effective because from Scourge's point of view, He doesn't want a liability. He wants cannon fodder. He wants minions that he can disperse.
0: And shout out to Fiona. She's the girl bossing him enough, giving him the good old reach around. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I mean, it can't be overstated that Fiona, it's very interesting the direction that they're trying to take with her here as like, she is essentially like, she really did fall for Scourge. Like, it's not just like the, oh, she's just gonna betray. Like she legitimately wanted to do things with him. She cares about him a lot to the point where it's like, you can tell that like her affection is genuine Which is not something you would expect of someone like Fiona, considering that she is a backstabbing motherfucker. Right. And
0: so, let's move on to Sonic Universe issue 30. Wow, 30. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. So we open with Scourge being once again knocked around in the yard. Cal and Al look only grateful that it's not them. Some zone cops come to interfere. And they pull Scourge off. Come with us, maggot. The warren wants to see you. Scourge is brought into Zobotnik's office. Oh, my prized prisoner. You didn't give the guards any trouble. Oh, no, of course not. You're on your way to being reformed. Now, Scourge, look. You need to know that I have your best interests at heart. So when I ask, what's going on with you in the Destructix? No, it's out of concern. Uh, the Destructix just want to make me their favorite punching bag. Nothing more.
1: Interesting. I... I do like the angle that uh, Zabotnik is taking here where he's talking about the fact that he is de- almost desperate to reform Scourge, right? Like, it's very clear that we see that earlier, but, like, him talking about it, it's very interesting. I get he wants to try and break him so that he can... Well,
0: it's okay, like a well, breakdown he- to build up.
1: Yeah, but it's also, like... Like like what is the process of that the, so like when you're reformed, do you just go back to your to your prime zone or or your original zone, or are you just kept in the prison for life?
0: That's a fair question. I don't know like what's gonna happen here it well, actually, hmm, now I'm kind of starting to wonder the zone cops right are it has it ever been implied that they are from this zone because look at the place like it doesn't look like there's any solid ground. Or anything, really, besides the zone jail. Do you think they could be, like, former prisoners? you think they could be reformed variants?
1: At times, yes. I could definitely see it. I don't know, it's just... Th- this is something that popped into my head. Th- this arc poses a lot of questions like that just off the top of your head, just with how it's structured.
0: That, and he definitely sees Scourge, who is the anti-Sonic from the mirror Mobius Prime. Probably in his head he's thinking, Man... If I could reform this guy, if I could make the evil Sonic good, bro, my dick's gonna be so fucking huge. I'll need a wheelbarrow.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... If you really think about it as well, uh, Zobotnik, he wants victory over over the hedgehog, over, over Sonic. So, in a way, breaking Scourge down would be that victory. So,
0: listeners, let that mediate in your head. So, Zobotnik... Shows Scourge the video feed of the Destructix's arrest. They're resisting, and they really go into town on the Zone cops. Scourge kind of enjoying what he sees, but Zobotnik stops the video. These guys, monsters, too much for you to handle. Your suppression squad were mere thugs, and your antics with the various robotniks of the multiverse were nothing compared to these guys. I mean, who? <laughs> I worry they could break you worse than I uh ever imagine. Have imagine. imagined? Scourge says, well, well, if things get out of hand, I will come running to you. And they shake on it. And as they turn around to leave, Zobotnik now thinks Scourge is totally broken. But Scourge thinks, once all said and done, I'll wipe my feet on your face out the door. Now, outside, Fiona is hanging out with another inmate, Abby. They see Scourge walk out real confident-like. And Abby says, you know, I don't really know what you see in him. Fiona says, you just need to see him in action. He's amazing. And Abby comments, you know, there's something about you, Fiona.
1: You done time? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'd like to point out that Abby um, seemingly might be from uh, the Knuckles 20 years later timeline. Because it's the same marsupial looking motherfucker uh, who was... uh, uh how do we how do we phrase this because we called it big racism weird shit
0: uh she was julie sue's house slave there's no way to rip the band-aid off that
1: yeah i i i can't i can't describe it in in any other way um so yeah um so she is now in Zone jail (laughs) what did she do (laughs) now i have questions yeah now i now i have questions it's uh it's pretty wild um So with that being said, (laughs) uh, uh, Fiona responds, yeah, more
0: than my fair share. I spent months in a dungeon, forgotten as a kid. I never found my family. They must have moved on without me. After that, double crossing became second nature to me. And after that, world's your oyster. Don't worry about me and my boys. I already have a way out. As we see from the shadows, St. Croix is spying in on their conversation. Now, we then move to the workout yard. Simeon is lifting weights. Scourge comes in overhead. Uh, you need a spot? Ugh, you don't weigh half as much as the bar. So what now? I'm suddenly worth your time? Yeah, yeah, sure you are. What do you want from me?
1: Okay, so, uh, Speed, uh, you can play Fortunate Son now. (laughs) Let me tell you a story. Years ago, when Dr. Robotnik's forces first began to spread... I wanted to take action. Hope you're prepared for the dialogue that's about to hit, because Jesus fucking Christ. A young Sergeant Simeon. Who cares if it's an act of war? Those robots took a shot at you, Grandpa. We have to strike back. Mellow out, Simon. The great jungle is massive. The fat man's robots won't find us. I took matters into my own hands. As we see an image of... Simon, who I believe is confirmed to now be Sergeant Simeon's real name, buying weapons. Buying, <laughs> Literally, for the record. Buying. Yeah, buying. Uh, he he bought these uh, clearly and he is uh, loading the fuck up and getting in his full war attire to wage a one-man war against Dr. Robotnik. What follows is a two-to-three Like three pages worth of essentially Sergeant Simeon fucking up badniks and shooting them in the fucking face. So I would just like to remind everyone, we just had a conversation about Fiona uh, feeling like she needs to double cross people, and we've got we we were at like here, right? And we were dealing. eh, We're here. Okay. So now Sergeant Simeon has come in to deliver his PTSD-inducing war flashback. What? (laughs)
0: <laughs> to continue, he was surrounded at one point by a lot of SWAT bots, and it seemed like the inevitable would happen, and he says he had no regrets. But then he wakes up. In the care, of mammoth mogul. Simeon isn't dead, nor even hurt, thanks to mogul's power. And with more power, you can become stronger than ever before. He worked with mogul for a time, didn't understand his plans, But I did learn the power of strong teammates. And with permission, I got to return home for a time. And when he comes home, he's welcomed with open arms. His grandfather even saying, Simon, we were wrong. Please lead us. We'll make you a sergeant and everything. And he takes it, puts the band on his arm, and Simeon walks away. I know I've earned this for all I've done, but you haven't earned me. (laughs) Wow. Um, Uh, I'm not laughing
1: because I think it's funny. I just don't have a a response for this. Holy. I, I would just like to remind everyone that this character was like weird comic relief for over 200 issues of this comic. And then Ian's like, you will care about the Destructix now and drops this on us. In the
0: present, he tells Scourge, I told you this story because I want to see strength. Do not dismiss us with one breath and beg with another. You say you conquered a whole planet. Show this prison. Show me that strength. And Scourge obliges. I want to get out of here. And we will go right through anyone in our way. And that's where Simeon signs on. Can't speak for my comrades, but you have my support. Then we move to the next scene. Scourge is uh, at the basketball court. Predator Hawk is perching on a board. And Scourge calls out to him, and Hawk comes down saying, I saw you and Simon talking. He didn't crush your head, so I'll listen to you. So Scourge just simply asks, what do you want? I want purpose and challenge. I thought I had it in the Battlebird Armada. They had their rules and limits, but I met them, and I exceeded them. I made myself the best. Then I was promoted. I thought it would bring a new challenge, but no, there were just more rules more restrictions. And no future. All of that freedom, given to the heir. I earned them. We then see Hawk, unprompted, attacking Speedy in a hallway, leading for his father, the Battle Lord, to intervene, slamming Hawk into the wall. You dare threaten your future Battle Lord? He is weak. He is my prey. And I'll clip your wings for that, just to start. And then later on, he says once he hunted the Babylon rogues, then they freed me. Ironic. I worked with them for some time. Life on the run was better. Sometimes we hunted the armada. Most of the time it was just treasure. Serving another weak leader who did not earn his place. Then they're seen at a bazaar. Jets trying to sell a lamp. Got mystical powers or something. Two grand or I walk. And the buyer, Mammoth Mogul, Agrees to the outrageous price only if that living weapon comes with me, though. He's referring to Hawk. This this hunts prey, not treasure. I need someone of that caliber, and Hawk says Mogul provided that challenge he was missing.
1: Wow. Uh. Why are what what are these lore dumps? like? What like? Okay. So obviously, Predator Hawk is not just a random bird. Battle Armada member. Crazy. The fact that he almost killed Speedy, also crazy. A little base. Uh, the, fact that, the fact he also then went and ran with the Babylon Rogues, even crazier. He's led a life. It's it's pretty interesting. His motivations are um pretty bloodthirsty and basic, but I do like the idea that he is a very accomplished person.
0: Ultimately he just wants the challenge, the thrill of the hunt, if you will. You know, it's simple, it's basic, but you know, there's a lot to be mined there, and clearly Ian mined. Some good treasure out of there. But in the present, he says to Scourge, Listen, challenge me. Get me some prey. And earn my respect. That's what I want. So Scourge says, Well, I guess I can let you take down a guy or two. Hawk responds, I'll be waiting for the call. To which then the alarm goes off, calling the inmates inside. The two separate from each other. Scourge is heading back inside, and Cal and Al run into him. Says, Oh, you know, with them, the destructics. I was just scheduling pummeling times. You know, give me time to heal up and all that. And later that night, Scourge and Smalls get to their bunks. By the way, Scourge on the bottom bunk. Smalls is on the top bunk. Scourge does not have a mattress. Smalls took both of them. Sad. Smalls says, "Uh, smile while you can. I stole five trains of beans at dinner. Scourge says, "Ah, I don't think it'll make that much of a difference for you, Smalls. Don't worry about it. Scourge thinks to himself, two down, two to go. But before I can bust out of here, got to pay off some debts. That's the end of issue 30. Uh, I we're, think we're
1: ballin', we're ballin' now we're we're going man this is uh this is getting really interesting and if you thought that was interesting uh wait till you read this issue sonic universe
0: 31 Flynn and Yarly, the creative team shout out to the cover by the way this is sort of like scourge's version of issue 200's cover
1: it's uh it's pretty wonderful
0: scourge has half of the destructix on his side gotta work on the other two on board for his breakout plan we then see St. Croix beating on Cal and Al as Scourge tackles him to save them. They're alright. As for St. Croix, you're as much of a chump in here as he was on Moabius.
1: BASED 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 FUCK THIS CHARACTER BASED IN EVERY TIMELINE HE'S BITCH MADE BRO, I'M SO HAPPY. The two fight, Scourge has him on the ropes,
0: but Fiona comes in to kick Scourge's head. Just because you're hours doesn't mean you can fight your superiors. So she's like stage fighting him, whispering, sorry, hun, I gotta keep up appearances. But Scourge says I can handle it. As she goes in and pile drives into the dirt. Hurts him for real. Real bad. Hey, look, I'm sorry. Like you know I love you, and I'm just trying to keep you on track. And he just says, save it. I got half a gang, half to go.
1: Scourge enters. The group therapy room featuring an interesting cast of characters. Most specifically, uh therapist Rouge the Bat. Uh something I never thought I'd say in my entire life, but here she is. Uh Buff Amy. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is Imagine Sonic Boom Knuckles' proportions
0: on Amy. That's what we're looking at.
1: <laughs> a robotic version of Tails, seemingly? Okay,
0: okay, so this is a fun shout-out. There was a story once in the comics where Sonic and Tails got roboticized and Eggman and Snively were de when the aliens came to, like, figure out, you know, this little experiment of which is superior, robots or, you know, human flesh. So, I think this Tails is a variant from Another Zone where that story takes place.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, uh. It's just a lot.
1: And a uh, and, and another echidna of some kind. Oh, and of course, the uh, central character that we're here to talk about, Lightning Lynx.
0: When Scourge enters the room, he asks, Hey, got room for one more? Oh, yes. And the warden will be pleased to know you're joining us today. So look, the point here is to open up about your challenges so your problems will be illuminated. And Scourge comes in to say, Hey, Lightning should be the first one to go. You know, first in, first out, right? Lightning says he doesn't know where to start. Rouge prompts him, think of an instance where you were wronged or betrayed. And thus, he tells a story. In the Raiju clan, your worth was determined by your skill and strength, and I, I was the best. I wasn't just the fastest, I had the quickest fist and the sharpest form. There was only one in the clan who I respected, our bride of conquering storm. But I didn't just respect her, I loved her. She only wanted someone of great strength by her side, so I challenged her to a duel to prove my strength and my feelings. And in this duel, he was quickly defeated in three hits. It was humiliating and suffered the ultimate dishonor, exiled from the clan. He worked with Mammoth Mogul for a time until he abandoned us. Then when the Iron Queen became the bride of the four houses, my status was restored as a foreign liaison. I worked right at the bride's side. I was content until I was defeated and dishonored again. I've been so angry all this time. I have all this skill, but she didn't think I was worthy. Scourge stops him. You know, dude, you're you're right to be angry. I'm angry for you. You were their best and they just kicked you out. You didn't do anything wrong. As Rouge says, hey, Scourge, encouragement's good, but we need to be constructive here. How ungrateful. You're totally devoted to her. She breaks your heart, kicks you out, invites you back in, and then kicks you out again? Exactly! And Lightning is angry crying. You got played! Yeah! Everyone turned their backs on you! Yeah! You deserve revenge! Yeah! And then Scourge turns to the rest of the group. You all deserve revenge! They all shout in agreement, and they all just start going sicko mode. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so um what have we learned here today in therapy folks uh never simp for a woman or man real uh, True. <laughs> uh, get revenge on them real and most importantly you did the right thing even though you were also kind of weird champ
0: i mean he technically didn't do anything wrong
1: no he didn't know i mean memes aside he really did not do yeah exactly
0: he anything. didn't deserve this he really didn't
1: he really did not. I think that, um, for me, it's, uh, the, the part that makes it really funny is the fact that, uh, Scourge like encourages him in the most manipulative way possible. And he's so wrapped up in his emotions. He can't see it, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it could happen to anyone. And I think that's what makes this, you know, real. It could happen to anyone. And now we have lightning in his Joker arc.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's ready to, uh, to, to take on the world. And, uh, you know, scream, you get what you fucking deserve, and all that nonsense.
0: Rouge says, oh, awesome. Months of progress wasted. Shout out to the one dude licking the, the uh, window. Love that one. That's a good one. Gurge then goes back to his cell, and he's just laughing about the situation. Whew. Should have talked about my feelings more often. I think more people get hurt like that.
1: Now, this is where um, we need to issue a, uh, a warning.
0: A trigger warning
1: <laughs> a trigger warning because uh you know how we kind of went from zero to a hundred uh we're about to break a hundred so flying frog kind of starts laughing out of nowhere, poking at a undercurrent uh near scourge's cell scourge approaching him uh, hey flying didn't d- didn't see you there. sup as he creepily turns his head and says, me. You've been talking to the others, brothers, smothers, but not to me. I'm sorry if I get a little weird with it.
0: You're rolling with you. it. It's just yeah, the dialogue. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You you were next on my list, really. You haven't been avoiding me. <laughs> nah, nah, man. Remember, we were we were all working for Doctor Finibus. I do. Good times, man. Good times. I mean, we we Green Bros gotta stick together, right? Oh yes. It's not easy being green. Hi-ho. Yeah, it's this Kermit moment. But I wonder, Sunder Plunder, if you really want me around. You see, I've done things. Yeah, well, no one here is an angel. And then Frog leaps at him. No. What's the matter, Scourge, Dirge, Purge? Don't you want to play? I've seen you play with Sonic. I've heard how you played with Moebus. I want to play too. The Destructix play the games I like to play. Not like the run, scream, cry, Mercians. A little plain stain and grain never hurt anyone. Not me anyway. So many shouting pouting, clouding, they tried to lock me away, stay, day, but I got out, then more would find my mess, excess success, so more, chase, to face a race, and I play with them, next, and the 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 next, knock it off,
0: uh, to translate into normal, he used to be a court jester in Mersea, and he murdered people, and he's also insane, there's no, he just happened, he's just insane, nothing happened, he's just sick in the head,
1: The artwork here is, uh, suitably deranged, uh, taking inspiration from, uh, early classical, like, almost, like, dark age, like, texture work, uh, to paint a picture of somebody who is, um, a mass serial killer.
0: Scourge just says, look, I run the Destructix now, you listen to me, you got it? Oh yeah, okay. Sounds like fun. As Frog just crawls away, and then Scourge slumps into his bed, saying... Man, that dude makes Rosie look cuddly.
1: I gotta point this out. The fact that Flying Frog went from weirdo to mass serial killer is an incredibly pog decision from (laughs) Ian in terms of tension. Because that entire sequence was excellent.
0: It was, and now you kind of have it in the back of your head that, you know, this dude could just, like, go sicko mode at any given time, and there's gonna be bodies at any given moment, and you don't know when it could
1: happen. It's uh it's it's pretty ridiculous.
0: Now later that night, Fiona's stretching. Her cellmate Abby's telling her to keep it down. Need my beauty sleep. Whew, no can do. You're going to want to be awake for this. Lightning and Frog scale down the wall to her cell. We're breaking out of here. So Abby says, Well what's the deal with your boys? Well, one's a ninja, others a freak. Lightning says he hid the guards he took out, but be careful. The hallways don't have the corrected gravity. Phase 1 of the plan, sneak up to the control room. Phase 2, we take it over. We then see Fiona, Frog, and Lightning bust in, taking out several zone cops inside, including Znivli. Now for phase 3, open all the cell doors so we can have some good old-fashioned havoc. Phase 4, turn off the inhibitor collars, only of our gang though, so we can take out anyone in our way. And for phase five, we then see Scourge's cell door open. Smalls saying, hey, Scourge, if you carry me out, I'll maybe help you get out of there. And Scourge's response to that, he bounce attacks his way through the bed, knocking Smalls out. And Scourge walks out of his cell, good old fashioned payback, ripping off his inhibitor collar. All hail the king, baby.
1: Wow. (laughs) What a... What a, what a turnaround, uh, we, we have here. This is crazy.
0: Jailbreak, boys. Jail fucking break. And now let's continue with our last issue tonight. Sonic Universe, number 32. Of course, Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. Now, after that little incident, Zobotnik teleports into his office. Znively, what's the status? Sir, we got a breakout. Riot. The inhibitor collars are all still on, but six... S- uh, they're, uh, we're gonna need a lot of backup and then we see a two page spread of art Scourge and the Destructix falling down the jail kicking ass of anyone in their way oh boys Scourge says we're landing on a group who wants to shave down my spines and I don't hear anyone calling me snot hey didn't you dunk me like a basketball once and then Scourge spin dashes into them three point shot that's a sonic quip Definitely.
1: Yeah, this is this is this is the interesting part. So Scourge's rampage continues talking about how people are scared of him until they're you know, for them to fear him until they're scared and scarred, think you could beat him into submission. Well now the shoes on the other foot or face, whatever. We are we are seeing it. We are seeing the sonic in him, the quips, the jokes, the That, the, the tood, the attitude, but it's that twisted
0: version, it's so unique. When they come across more zone cops, now they're wailing on them, one's about to be thrown off, let's see if the artificial gravity works in your favor. But Simeon reminds him, stay focused, we have to wait for Fiona to take her gear back. And, as for a plan, well, Scourge has one. First, give me an exit to the prison yard the zone cops can't stop. And two... Bring me Al and Cal.
1: Oh, no. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So they find Al and Cal, bringing them to him, kind of pleading for their lives. As Scourge says, I remember you two shared your meals and kept me company while the rest of the prisoners beat me like a pinata. I'm getting my revenge. So you boys should, too. Simeon, break
0: the collars. And they uh, they refuse that, saying, no, 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 please stop. That's a bad idea. But the collars are already off. And then the two change to their god state. Two tall and wide robot forms fall to our might, geometrical inferiors. We control the vertical. We control the horizontal. What the fuck, dude? What in the goddamn piss am I looking
1: at? <laughs> Ian Flynn at work, baby. That's all I have to say! The Destructix are really surprised to see that happen, but
0: Scourge hand waves it away. Uh, Let him let loose a little bit. That takes care of our exit. Again me. So now outside everyone's scrambling, there's no clear path. Not a problem for Scourge though. He just spin dashes and pinballs his way through the yard. As Fiona shouts, hey, there's a problem. Someone ran off with all of our gear. Hawk offers to find the thief, just give me time. As Lightning says wait, he centers himself. And he hears the zone cops flying and teleporting in. The element of surprise has been lost. We need our gear back. We can't even walk in this zone properly. So Scourge thinks the stuff should still be in processing. The cell blocks are a mess, and so is the prison yard. Lightning, keep an ear out for anyone trying to use the warp ring. That thing's not really user-friendly. Hawk, do your thing. Hunt for them. And the rest, stick by Fiona. As for me, the jerks, cops, or otherwise, will be in our way, so I'll go in and cover you guys. So the destructics follow Scourge's lead. Simeon actually ends up apologizing to Fiona. It seems he was worth the trouble after all. Told you he'd come through. Just hope he plays ball long enough to finish our job. I don't want to betray him twice.
1: Interesting.
0: Then Scourge goes inside. He's wailing on anybody he can see, covering for his gang, which is technically true, but he says he just really wants another shot at getting at everyone. I'm stronger than anyone in this dump. I fought Sonic and Shadow to a standstill at the same time. Stopped my entire planet to submission. I am Scourge. Bow before my mighty awesomeness. Bow to your superior.
1: Well... Wow. Scourge has gotten his moment, just like Sonic got his moment.
0: Really makes you think, doesn't it, kids? Really makes you think, uh... What could have been?
1: What could have been?
0: Imagine the universe, folks. Imagine the universe where when Sonic defeated Eggman, Sonic took over Eggman's empire. He could have. No one could have stopped him.
1: No one could have stopped him. We're looking at Scourge.
0: It could have happened. See, that's why I love the Antiverse characters. They really, like, pose these alternate scenarios and really kind of make you think of the wider what if you know
1: they do the anti-verse characters become so much more interesting when they have all this analysis and depth to them and they are more than just evil clone character and i think that's what's so cool about what flynn does with all of them they become so like integral to the story
0: yeah and speaking of which St. Croix and King Max are in processing. St. Croix was the one who took the Destructix's box. And Max is posturing that my return will be triumphant. A world primed for my iron-fisted rule. St. Croix then mutters under his breath, Yeah, then I'll take the throne and dance in your grave, you posturing. I didn't quite catch that, dear, loyal Jeffrey. Uh, I said I'm still looking for the device. They planned this, they have a means to get out. After I just walk onto the cosmic interstate. Now, this is where I want to stop, because here's a little thing that you could also notice. St. Croix is wearing Scourge's jacket in shades. That tells me, deep down, number one, obviously he thinks it's cool, because, like, it is cool. Like, come on, that outfit's drippy as all hell. But it tells me something. St. Croix is jealous of Scourge, ultimately. And you know what that tells me? Deep down. And we all know it. We kind of did figure it out from the beginning of Jeffrey St. John's introduction. He's jealous of Sonic. Deep
1: down deep deep down he is so jealous of sonic and i love that and i love that he's jealous because jeffrey st john should be jealous
0: and even better let's extrapolate jeffrey st john wants to take over the kingdom from king max okay take it under from his feet so imagine this similar to what jeffrey st john did he wormed his way into king max's inner circle waiting for that perfect time to take it out from under him and then here come these fucking kids Who just, like, tie him up and throw him into an alternate zone? Take what he wanted and worked for so badly? Whereas I could have just fucking done that this whole fucking time? Are you kidding me? So Anti-St. John looks at Anti-Sonic and thinks, Oh God, this fucker got what he wanted. I could have done that. But if I did that, it would have gone horribly wrong. But this fucker does it. He gets his fucking way. He gets his cake and he eats it too.
1: Fuck this. Very similar to Prime Jeffrey, who, no matter how any way you look at it, all his scheming and secret behind-the-scenes manipulation and service to Ixis Nagus. Well, let's be real. He was jealous of the life that Sonic had.
0: Sonic the Hedgehog, Always. the hero, getting to fight Robotnik his way, and he gets to succeed every time. And where Jeffrey St. John, he tries to do things the right way, and things backfire on him as a result. You know he's mad. And I, that's why I love Anti-King Max and Anti-Jeffrey. These two show so much of their Prime Zone counterparts. It's it's, it's delicious, folks.
1: It's delicious. Ooh. It's re- it's really good stuff. And they don't even speak that much is the best part.
0: Ian, love you. Love you, baby. Love you, love you Ian. Jeffrey St. Croix is rummaging through the box. A warp ring falls out and that opens right in front of them. That leads the destructics to break into the room they're in and hold the two down. They get their clothes back on. Fiona's saying, we got one last thing to do. In the cell blocks, Zobotnik orders the cops to fire the FOE inhibitors to Cal and Al to suppress their power. They're slowly capturing more and more inmates. Scourge figures, ah, the fun's over. Then Zobotnik calls for him. I thought you were finally freed of your crippling ego. This is your chance to surrender peacefully. I promise you, these things hurt. And then when Cal and Al return back to their human forms, they beg Scourge, save us, as Scourge thinks aloud. You know, I could escape and bring two worlds to their knees. Or I could risk it all to save you whiny, annoying worms. I think I'll leave you choking on my dust. Later, worms. And he jumps down. Zabotnik orders full authorization. Anything to stop Scourge. As Fiona screams, we're ready to go. Scourge and the Destructix fling themselves into the open warp ring, just as FOE inhibitors land, and the ring portal closes. Now the next morning. Znivli reports to Zobotnik, 60% of the cells have been damaged, so we have to put prisoners in the temporary holding cells in the yard. So Znivly is dismissed, as Zobotnik comes across Zonic. I warned you. Never mind that, how long do you track him down? Track him down? The Prime Zone is still a mess. Dr. Nega has our forces spread pretty thin. And cleaning up your mess is worse. (sighs) Scourge is gone. We think he went back to his zone somehow. And all we can do is just hope he stays there. Then we then see the Grand Forest in Moabius. Fiona says we had to come here instead of Mobius. Finitivus has a job for us. Then Scourge says disregard that. You let me worry about Dr. Evil Von Spooky. You guys are my gang now. I've got big plans for this world and Sonics. And the last page of this comic is our epilogue, our teaser for things to come. And the planet Mobius, the Gigan Mountains, the Babylon Rogues are riding into a central hall. At last, we found it.
1: So I think this is unfortunately the last time we see Scourge. You know, I didn't really want to bring
0: it up, but um, that is correct. This will be the last time we see Scourge due to um, the thing we're not ready to talk about yet.
1: We will have a more in-depth discussion on our thoughts about Scourge and the Destructix. When the time is right, but suffice it to say, this arc is great. Yes. It's wonderful.
0: It shows Scourge down at the bottom, the lowest he's ever been, and he claws his way up to the top. In a way, it kind of is like a Sonic story, in like Sonic Prime. Let's think back to issue 175, when Eggman defeated him once and for all. He was down, out for the count, but he got back up, thanks to the support around him. And he was able to defeat his adversary and bounce back. And here we see Scourge following the same beats.
1: I, you, you summed it up perfectly. It's, it's kind of incredible.
0: Yeah. Goes to show no matter how hard Scourge tries to like be different. He's still the same as Sonic fundamentally. And I think that's pretty cool. That's really, really, really cool. Like I said, this is the last comic we've got for today. Um, you got any more final thoughts on this or, uh, the Genesis
1: arc? Both are great. Both have a lot to offer. All I'm going to say for next time is uh, I hope you're ready to get strapped the fuck in.
0: Get get double belt in, triple belt in. Find a fourth seat belt because you will need that. Absolutely. You will not expect what it is we have to offer the next time we do the Archie Sonic Digest. We'll be covering... Let's see exactly what issues we're covering the next time we're around. We'll be covering 2.30... 231, 232, the free comic book day 2012 proses, because uh, we'll talk about that more but there's some additional information there that we'll cover, and then the aforementioned Sonic Universe 33 to 36, the Babylon Rogues arc, which ties in to a lot of things Ian has set up in regards to some certain characters, and also uh, Sonic himself does play a role and, oh my god, you you're gonna see Sonic in a different light. You'll see. We will see you guys next time on the Archie Sonic Digest. Of course, if you guys want to know what happens next right now, patreon.com slash sonicspeed, $2 a month. You'll get that episode early. You'll even get our bonus show, Another Side, Another Story. We cover the Mega Man comics. Having a fun time there not gonna brag or anything but you guys i think you're missing out if you're not a patron i'm just saying not biased or anything i'm just saying
1: yeah no yeah you know we're we're totally we're totally not enticing you
0: (laughs) i legitimately cannot wait to tech to touch on those comics we'll see you next time guys peace out